What's up, Slick Talkers? I want to promote a quick little thing that we're doing at Good Morning Hospitality called Good Morning Retreats. This is our first ever retreat, and we are hosting a hospitality training retreat at the Horst Schultz Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. Now, this is going to be July 8th through the 10th, and it's for operators only. So if you're a property manager and you want to actually dive into the inner workings of providing hospitality and not just the operations of your business, then this is what you need to do and sign up for. So go to goodmorningretreats.com in order to get into an intimate setting with other operators just like you. If you go to the website, you'll see the published agenda and other things around the whole retreat. We're excited to host you. And if you're going to the retreat already and you've already confirmed your spot, we can't wait to show you what we have up our sleeves for this event. Now, let's move on to the episode. Thanks for tuning in. And like always, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. That outcome, that that immediate response alone tells the story. It's that short-term rental folks want uh, to get our story out, to get also uh, involved in, in local actions, local advocacy. Our government doesn't know what we need, so we need to tell them. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Today, I have the pleasure and honor to introduce David Krause, who is the founder of Rent Responsibly. And uh, David's got an interesting story. You'll probably know a little bit once we get into the episode. But David, I just want to say thank you for being on the podcast, being on the show. Uh, I'm a big fan. Love what you do from just your crazy entrepreneur journey. So let's dive in. Who is David? What's your origin? Where did you start? And uh, kind of tell us a little bit what you do. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I I, uh, I managed to clear out the last month of my life just waiting for this podcast. So you know, I, I I'm fully prepared, fully rested. Yeah, thanks for making uh, the time for me. I know we have busy schedules. Yeah, I've been sitting in this chair waiting for a month. Uh, glad to see another face. Um, no, all, all joking aside, I mean, without a doubt, this podcast is is through the lens of COVID nineteen, which we're in the thick of right now. Yeah. Um, depending on when listeners discover this podcast, you know, it's, it's an unreal time, but you know, your question, who, who am I and, and what have I done? Uh, I think from the hospitality standpoint, I was like many, many, many other folks that end up in the short term and vacation rental industry, uh, an accidental rentalpreneur. Um, and you know, seven years ago, I had a small little budding real estate development company and was renovating condos in Boston and, and had this uh, chunk of time a month that I needed to get myself moved to Dallas, Texas. And uh, I was either going to eat three grand on an empty condo furnished. It was uh, under agreement. And I looked on Craigslist and then I listed on uh, Airbnb for the first time, just saying, you know, whatever pops up, I'll make a decision to see how I want to handle this short vacancy period. And 6,000 guests later, um, wow. I am, you know, probably one of, you know, they say an expert is somebody who's made all the mistakes you can make in a narrow field. 
Uh, I, I'm an expert, you know, trial by fire and, and I've done a number of other things, but rent responsibly at this point um, is my love and passion and, and we can go through the, how we got there as well. But, you know, I bleed, I bleed short-term rentals right now. So you started in the trenches, renting out your own property. Now, do you still have multiple properties or are you kind of more just into the advocacy side of rent responsibly? Great question. Um, I had the, I would, I would call it a, an unreal moment, almost sublime, where I realized uh, in December when I turned over, I have one property that's an active short-term rental, but mm-hmm. I turned it over to a manager because I, I was no longer going to be in Dallas. And yeah. as somebody who was proximate to my properties, that distance, you know, real remote management just didn't make me comfortable. So I found yeah. a local manager and I turned my phone off as the point of contact for the first time in seven years. And I didn't realize I was even on duty for seven years straight, yeah. but I was, and I'm no longer on duty. I got somebody in between me and the property, but still involved just in a different way. Awesome. No, I love it. So start from the trenches now to, you know, handing off the keys to somebody else. Now let's talk about how you got to rent responsibly. What was the, I guess, like you said, the aha moment, the, the um, sublime moment where you were like, this needs to happen. And what is rent responsibly? Because I think, like you said, when we were talking on the phone yesterday, this started last year, like early 2000 or late 2019, pretty much beginning 2020, where you formed rent responsibly. So what is it? What was the moment that created it? And let's kind of dive into what the fine details are with that. Sure. Well, you know, as I, as I mentioned a moment ago, as an accidental rentalpreneur, I think my entire career over the last seven years feels like a series of accidents that I just thought, hey, there's got to be a better way to do this. Yeah. And then when you discover there's not actually a better way to do something, I call that the donut hole in the universe, right? Like you got all this stuff, but there's a big hole right in the middle that you need to fill. Mm-hmm. And so in both cases, um, in both being uh, the the company I started in between being a host and rent responsibly is called Noise Aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, my co-founder Andrew and Sh- Andrew Schultz and I uh, took took on the challenge of solving uh, noise issues and noise nuisance issues, yeah. which is obviously a proxy for parties. Yeah. Um. Oftentimes, and and you know the I'll, I guess I'll just take it in a chronological order as quickly as I can, um, but you know, as a host, you run into problems. And when I started my hosting journey, you know, most of the property management software systems didn't exist. Yeah. Most of the pricing tools didn't exist. I, invariably, the tools are better now. One such tool that didn't exist was anything to deal with noise or noise nuisance or really privacy safe noise management. And so we built the first one, put it in my unit, turned it into a small business. It's now thriving um and uh and doing fa- fantastically well um but speeding along to rent responsibly in that noise management product development cycle we realized that short-term rental owners managers and hosts have myriad problems that there either are tools for or aren't tools for or they've just hacked you know something together that works for them mm-hmm. and in many many cases the number one problem that we that i discovered uh, that our customers at that point had was in uh, city and regulatory relations. Um, 
you could argue that the entire industry, the entire space, the entire community, that is our number one problem. Yeah. Airbnb constantly said they were going to go public. And then you look on the list of reasons they didn't. And regulation and the regulatory environment was always uh, either A1 or 1A or 1B, right? Yeah. So I just look at uh, this space of how do we manage internally in the industry, right? Uh, the, the concepts of what are the rules, what are the standards, what are the expectations of, of everybody uh, in our community? Because we're, we're tied together. We are. Uh, we're yeah. painted with one wide brush when it comes down to it in the media. And then from the city perspective, you know, we can't rely on cities to innovate their way into uh, reasonable and sustainable rules and regulations. That being predicate in the premises, um, last year in September, um, I, I graduated from a full-time job at, at, at NoiseAware after four years. Um, still, still on the board there, mm -hmm. but I said, you know, this regulatory situation and the local community advocacy groups, which I think are, are probably the most important, least developed area of the entire ecosystem is where I want to focus. And so I basically said, you know, I'm, I'm going to go from the noise guy to the advocacy guy. And it was yeah. something I was already doing a, a sum of. But um, I, I put my, you know, pulled up my, what do you call it? Pulled, pulled up my socks, put on my work trousers, whatever yeah. the phrase is, and just dove in the deep end. Um, I have a fantastic partner named Alexa Nada. She's out of Chapel Hill. She runs the Chapel Hill Short-Term Rental Alliance. So we have um, a number of partners that we've, we've already brought on. And, and, uh, and so the you know, the, the next question I'll just ask myself, even though you already asked him was, what is rent responsibly? Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, yeah. So rent responsibly is an advocacy platform that's focus and mission is to build a sustainable future for short-term rentals. Exactly. Period. Okay. It's, it's one of those um, massive unachievable goals. Like Google's trying to organize the world's information. Yeah. You can, that project's never done. The project of building a sustainable future for short-term rentals is never done, mm -hmm. but we're behind the eight ball. We are absolutely behind the eight ball and we're being attacked on virtually every flank. Um, we, you know, the, the incumbents, the kind of hotel uh, machinery, uh, the governmental machinery, uh, even the platforms at times, Airbnb, VRBO booking, you know, they're focused on doing their things, but sometimes uh, government relations, government uh, affairs is, is not the top order business. But um, for me, for business and for rent responsibly, figuring out where to take that energy in the local level for advocacy and making sure that each hour spent, each dollar spent goes 10 times farther than it has in the past. That is the focus of rent responsibly. We're building efficiencies, we're building uh, collaborative tools, we're building education, and we're lastly, and I think most importantly, we're advocating through celebrating. Okay. And that is part of our Find the Helpers series. Um, we, we just think that the narrative about short-term rentals and short-term rental stakeholders is all twisted upside down. That cat, you know, the party house narrative, the out-of-state investor narrative, the uh, do, you know, unregulated mini hotel there, you name it. That's not even accurate. That is not accurate. 
and we should not feel like criminals doing uh, something we love responsibly in this space. And I will be up and say, I'm not going to let that narrative go on any longer. And that's part of Brent Responsibly's mission. No, I love it. And I think it ties in really nicely with, um, I was having a conversation with somebody else in the space that you probably know of too, but we were talking about the, the series that just happened on the show, the Vacation Rental Mastermind series, where people like yourself, um, Noise Aware, just hire up people that have, you know, Jeremiah from Breezeway, who's been involved with um, vacation rentals and just the overall community for a very long time and from pretty much the beginning of the growth of, you know, short-term rentals, right? Um, and the one thing we were talking about is, you know, this is great information for, you know, people in the space that, you know, talk shop all the time. Like we're all, you know, pros. This is like what we do. This is mm -hmm. what we live and breathe. But something is needed for the individual, the one-on-one, -on -one, the mom and pop shop of vacation rental owners, where there are people that don't have these tools. They don't get to talk shop because they, you know, haven't experienced or made mistakes like we have. They literally are seeing a lucrative opportunity or they love people and they want to host and become, you know, a creative memory for, you know, travelers and that type of aspect. Uh, there's not really much for them, right? They have these tools and tips and tricks that they can hear from the big wigs, um, but getting something directly to them, right? Having a, like a pretty much a playbook where mm -hmm. now the big wigs who talk shop, which we all love to do, versus mm -hmm. getting the information down streamlined into the manager's hands into a doable community that mm -hmm. is huge and i think what you're just described for rent responsibly is exactly that now it's no longer for you know people who want to talk shop it's the people out in the trenches that are running one two five twenty fifty a hundred properties and you know yeah. run into these problems with different cities and states and all these regulations that go into it now, when we were on the phone yesterday, we were talking about a certain model that you use. And, and mm -hmm. uh, I think this is a really key point that I want you to make because we talked about, you know, there's nothing out there really like this. Well, let's mm -hmm. talk about how that is, is because Airbnb is kind of like the floodgate opener that opened this up to such a brand new, huge market that really like short-term rentals aren't new hotels aren't new they've been around for a while mm -hmm. um but at the availability the threshold to enter is now lower because of mm -hmm. certain things that have happened airbnb and all these other platforms and tools and all this stuff right so talk about the 4t model that you were talking about yesterday and kind mm -hmm. of how that goes into the rent responsibly uh mission that you just des described Sure, and uh, forgive me this if I sound way too excited about this particular topic. Uh, full dork mode, nerd mode coming at you. Uh, we geek out on the podcast all the time. Yeah. This is where we get to okay, geek out. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, as long as permission is granted, I'll take yeah. it. Um, <laughs> so here's what it is. My favorite, so when looking, you know, when I started studying the regulatory environment and sort of studying like what models uh, in hist history could approximate or uh, become an analog, a guide, guidebook, dare I say roadmap, mm. sorry, terrible, terrible puns will be uh, not apologized for from here on out, <laughs> um, a, a roadmap for how we get from where we are today to where we need to go. 
Exactly. And that, that idea of a sustainable future is, again, amorphous. It's um, an ambitious statement. It's, it's kind of uh, idealistic. You can get there. We don't today's problems forever. So fundamentally, I look for a model of something like that. There is a perfect one out there, luckily. I call it the Ford Model T story of short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. So here's a couple, a couple things that I think will help frame this. In 1908, Henry Ford did not invent the automobile. He just invented a better way to deliver it to more people, proxy for what Airbnb did uh, post-recession, right? Mm. And in 1909, 200,000 automobiles on the road. 1916, 2 million automobiles on the road. You want to talk about a disruptive technology? Yeah. And then you get people saying, oh, it's not old, it's, or it is, it's, it's bad, it was here before. No, it was disruptive. Let's not get it twisted. Yeah. 75% of the people who were injured in automobile accidents in those early days were not in the automobile. They were innocent bystanders. So you, you get this sense that the whole world is dealing with this new technology uh, in myriad ways. Now, the question in the automobile, uh, the post-Ford Model T moment was, how do we adjust? How do we adjust? And what happened is they developed um, through you know, trial and error, effectively, something that ended up becoming called the Detroit plant. So today, we know of Detroit as Motor City. Well, it was actually the epicenter of where uh, these solutions came out of, and it's because people from the Ford companies came out and started working more closely with with government and they started coming up with guess what frameworks rules of the road that the local government could start to use implement test measure and see if they could make their streets safer Mm -hmm. just one tidbit the streetcars ran in the middle of the road at that era so people would get out in the middle of the road and then walk to the sidewalk or the stores well, where are the cars going to go if you have cars going right where people are walking? So one of the first rules they came up with was, were jaywalking laws, which was a little counterintuitive. It's like, well, if the car is the problem, why are we telling people where to walk? Yeah. It's just you needed to come up with the guidelines. And that's where when we start thinking about how does this apply to short-term rentals, we have to admit to ourselves, number one, that it is our responsibility to figure out these solutions. It is our responsibility. That is... Uh, the unofficial and probably soon to be official slogan for rent responsibly is we need to figure this out until we take responsibility for these issues. We're not going to get progress. And so uh, just to wrap the Ford Model T analogy up, in the early 20s, it was, or excuse me, since the early 20s, it has become 90% safer, 90% safer to drive one mile in an automobile because of technology, education, and public policy. And the, where those three come together, we can have uh, massive progress, but with one leg of that stool, you, you, you're not gonna get there. So you think of the click your ticket campaign. Techno- that's a public, uh, public education and public policy. Uh, technology, obviously seatbelts, airbags, anti-lock brakes, um, yeah. all these sort of things, safety. And then lastly, um, when, when you think of you know, more uh, public education, there's, there's uh, driver's test, driver's license, and speed limits, and, and things that become very regular one state to the next. Right now, we have a patchwork of regulation for short-term rentals. Nobody even knows what works. Frankly, cities are just getting fed up with it and saying we need to ban all of the activity. Yeah. I mean, we need, uh, we need management of this 
uh, industry and community and activity. Prohibition is not management and therein lies the problem. We have to come up with these solutions and be proactive about uh, working them through. And that requires everybody. That requires participation all the way down to that single unit VRBO owner and all the way up to the Airbnbs and Verbos of the world. And we're just looking for efficiencies and getting the job done. I like what you said yesterday. <clears throat> you said no regulation equals a non-thriving industry. And I think that was worded in a good way because hotels have regulation. There are certain laws, code, standards they have to meet. I know this. I worked in hotels. I've managed them. I've had to meet those standard requirements for many, many, many years of making sure that not only did it meet brand and safety and all the other stuff, but that the city, like taxes and all these certain laws of occupancy and all the things that go into it, right, are being abided by. Um, so with, I think having Airbnb open up the floodgates from 200,000, let's say Ford models on the road to 2 million, you know, that is such a huge influx, right? Mm -hmm. Now we have all these properties in every city and every neighborhood, counting the one I'm in right now, that are now open in this general sense of listing, I guess you'd like to call. Um, but you're right. I think, you know, regulation creates... Um, accountability, it creates structure, and it also provides um, reassurance on both ends and both parties. You got guests, mm -hmm. obviously, um, you know, for most properties, you have a contract that you have your, 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 your guests or clients sign. Um, at least for us, that's what we have just because of certain, you know, parameters. But at the end of the day, you know, we have certain things that we have to follow too for their safety, our safety. Now, I really think um, for you guys, what what does that look like in order to, because uh, we kind of talked about help the finders um, campaign or yeah, help the find the finders, find the helpers, find, find the helpers. helpers. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I got a little twisted. No um, find the no helpers worries. campaign and um, you know, that type of stuff. So what have you seen be, I guess, like the thing that you tackle from the rent responsibility side of that regulation? Sure. So just to touch on regulation. So, one of my missions, and this might just be a personal mission, is the word regulation and the word advocacy, they're so dull and boring. And the branding around advocacy is such a mess. Like literally, if somebody two years ago had said, hey, Dave, you want to come to this like advocacy event? I literally would think of the first excuse and yeah. I would have fallen asleep before somebody even finished their sentence. That's, that's just not going to work. So fundamentally advocacy takes too much work too much time and regulation is oftentimes uh built constructed or carbon copied from folks who don't who haven't spent the ten thousand hours really understanding yeah. what it takes to become that expert and have that subject, subject matter expertise i would say so you and i kind of talked about yesterday it's like a lieutenant or an officer in the army or the military getting into their position without rising from the ranks. They just graduated college yeah. and they get put into a leadership position when versus a person who's been doing the job and then working their way up to that understands the trenches, the fine working tools up to that and is able to execute a better plan. Absolutely. And I, I, uh, 
I'll take that that analogy. I didn't think of it, um, but but the idea of leadership in advocacy to me has everything to do with motivating people to do something that's in their best interest that frankly they might not feel they have to do or don't need to do or somebody else probably will do for them somebody else will go to city hall and talk to the mayor somebody else will write that letter somebody else will show up to the meeting well guess what no we all can do that our goal is to make sure that for every one one minute one hour you spend we make it go 10 times further so i think it's this this uh equation of you know if you have a coefficient on each action we want to build a big coefficient so every action you take goes 10 times further so that that's that's pre- that's really fundamental and important so when somebody's joining rent responsibly that quote advocacy organization you should read entertaining content you should get excited it we're about celebrating the industry find the helpers is about shining a spotlight on the incredible acts of essential services that the short-term rental uh, community has provided taking in medical frontline workers providing space for um, self uh, social distancing and self-isolation for people who need it getting people out of grandma's house those people yeah. ended up in short-term rentals all over this country so we're, we're talking about that we're promoting that that is advocacy what's not fun about celebrating the awesome stuff that we're doing um, that said, the idea of uh, regulation and, and this kind of, you know, bookwormy, wonky stuff is, you know, there are professionals that are working on that, but it's not, it, it's frankly, it's under-informed, it's under-measured, under-data-driven. It's a little too much of an art right now, and we're trying to bring some science to it and, and bring some efficiencies through technologies and whatnot. That's how you get that 10 uh, output. So, um, you know, dialing it one, one step back, I guess, to the real action item that we've taken, or I guess the two action items rent responsibly is taken in the COVID moment, because mm-hmm. I think um, one of my, my uh, Alexa, my, my amazing colleague said this earlier, she said, um, I said, you know, we really got to step up. This is like a month and a half ago when COVID was just on the horizon. So we yeah. rent responsibly, we're young, we're, we're two full-time people, we have to step up. This is a time where we can really help. And she said, stepping up is action. Stepping yeah. up is action. We could write a long blog, but that doesn't do anything. We have to take action. So what we did is we set up a, the Find the Helpers campaign, our initiative. And what that is, is we've gone out and spent sent uh, calls to uh, nominate somebody you know. And nominate might be a tough word, but just really tell us about somebody who's done something extraordinary uh and so we've had multiple people who've set up changes where nurses can find short-term rentals for free similar Mm -hmm. to the airbnb program but happening on a very local level we've had people who have built housekeeper relief funds cliff johnson uh one of the incredible leaders in the space just took it upon himself and he knew that housekeepers were going to be left behind so they raised um you know thousands and thousands of dollars and gave 100 to 250 dollar checks no questions asked to housekeepers that need it around the country yeah and you know we have story after story after story like this people have heard about people sleeping in their uh tie-in marsink heard of people in her community sleeping in tents in their garage so they didn't go all the way in their home and she said hey come stay at my my short-term vacation rental i want to put you up these are front line workers 
on and on and on. You can go to our website and see all these stories. And now we're getting them placed in local media. We're getting these stories out. So again, you were saying we can talk to ourselves all day, yeah. uh, but that action only serves to, to you know, uh, reinforce the echo chamber. We need to get these messages out. We need to tell our story. That's action number one. Action number two, and this is what I would love for the call to action. If, if anybody fell asleep on the podcast, wake up. This is actually when you need to start listening because there's an action item here. It takes you less than five minutes. On average, four minutes and 59 seconds. <laughs> we were like, this takes five minutes. It takes four minutes and 59 seconds on average to take the COVID-19 impact survey. Mm-hmm. How hard is it to just answer 20 questions? You're done for the month. I'm sorry. That's all it is. We just only ask you to take that survey. And then we are taking uh, this these survey results, um, we, we had a goal on number of respondents. We, we hit it in the first 20 hours. Wow. If you don't think there's an appetite and a hunger for us to get our information and our story out in the short terminal space, that, stat, that, uh, that outcome, that, that immediate response alone tells the story. It's that short term rental folks want uh, to get our story out to get also uh, involved in, in local actions, local advocacy. Our government doesn't know what we need, so we need to tell them, and that's what this survey is about. And lastly, it's about uh, building this rising tide of folks, and we have this dichotomy, right? I think you actually asked this question earlier, and it was uh, about how do you create regulations or look at, at regulatory frameworks, and fundamentally, unless we define and are able to communicate what the good actors are already doing on our own in this space. Um, You know, if the, if the local government says no, no reservations under 14 days or no non-essential travelers. And then the next thing they do is they see a license plate from somebody in New York going to the Poconos and then the governor of uh, Pennsylvania says, we got to shut down all vacation rentals because I saw a license plate. That is, ha- that is the state of affairs today oftentimes. And no, no uh, not casting aspersions on Pennsylvania. We're not giving those states, we're not giving those uh, politicians enough information to, to let them know what we're already doing. Yeah. So the questions in the survey allow us to say, um, you know, I don't want to start rattling some of the preliminary numbers off, but they're incredible. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, just, just directionally, it's like very high percentage, you know, 40% are voluntarily complying with cleaning standards that nobody has even asked them to cdc and other other things are coming out and so people are going and searching this on their own yeah or finding websites we want to make that easier for people to comply with and then go tell the regulators and the people who are maybe turning the screws on our industry unnecessarily uh, what we're doing anyways and, and create that efficiency of communication because I mean, it is our responsibility. I am sorry. Like we are not going to be able to rely on others uh, as short-term rental stakeholders any longer. And our industry is all but shut down right now. And I want to open it up just as as much as everybody else, but we have to do it safely. We have to do it collaboratively. And guess what? As good actors, we're only as good as the bad actors that will ultimately uh, cause regulation or drive the narrative and let it get out of hand again. So we're, we're really, um, again, on that framework building thing. What are the good actors doing? What are we doing proactively? What guidance can we get from experts? And boom, there are your guidelines, guardrails, 
short-term rental needs our Detroit plan back to the Ford Model T. This is how it works, bro. Amen, man. What I love about it is too, is that it's, you can't let people make these, like people that are making these decisions and bringing up these regulations and bringing up these things to you guys and sharing these stories are the ones that should be making, you know, helping these guidelines be created, not people that have never ran or checked in a guess at a property. That's just straight up crazy for me is like, oh, I've heard about this before. I heard people do Airbnb, but I'm going to make a rule about it because I have no idea what I'm talking about. And then one thing that you said um, was, you know, the Pennsylvania, the like license plate thing driving by and saying, oh, you know, that was a out of state license plate, whatever. Um, what I've found key and I've always every front desk agent, every employee I've ever had work under me at a hotel or anything is that no guest is ever the same. So just because this person acts or looks like this one on a computer screen, you know, they all look very similar when you're checking in people, but they're not all one and the same. Who knows if that person driving by from out of state license plate was a traveling nurse who had to rent a car somewhere else, get it over there so that way she can go help, you know, with a burning down hospital that has no room for new patients, has no room for this. And she's now on her way to work and she's been up for 25 hours. Like, you know, you never know, like no one person is ever the same. And that's how we also, I think, need to look at it. No guest is the same. No property manager is the same. There's so many case by case scenarios that are, yeah, there's probably a lot of similar stories, but they're all going to have one difference. And it's usually going to be involving the host, the guest, or the response to whatever is happening. And so looking at it from that perspective, I think is huge. We can't just say that the, like you said, the good actors and the bad actors are on a level playing field because they're not at the end of the day, there's a big difference. They're not. And, and I think it goes beyond short-term rentals too, because the, the, the larger conversation oftentimes is hotels versus short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. Our short-term rental, like should we even be uh, talked about in this? And this, this is something I'm extremely uh, adamant about. Short-term rentals in hotels, ha- they're, they're like, cu- they're cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there was a gentleman from the American Hotel Lodging Association. He, his phrase was the connective tissue between hotels and short-term rentals is hospitality, but they're different. They really are different. I'll tell you why. Yeah. The average hotel stay is between one and two nights and one and two people. The average short-term rental stay is minimum three nights and minimum three plus people. Um, my friend Scott Shatford at AirDNA told me that the average booking um, in the short-term rental space is, was around four nights. Well, since COVID, it turned into 17 nights. Overnight. These are, they, it is just an, a, a remarkably flexible, we are, we are flexible accommodations, flexible uh, light service, hospitality, whatever we need better, better language around this stuff. But the other thing about hotels and short-term rentals is through the COVID lens, everything travels at this point. Think about it. Short-term rentals are private single-family accommodations meant to be rented to single families or single units of travelers mm-hmm. that, that, ex- that eliminates 90% of what you might naturally think about lobbies, elevators, people coming into rooms, door handles, yada, yada, the list goes on and on and on. If we can raise the bar of our minimum expectations of cleanliness, cleaning standards, 
and we don't even need to make it up. I mean, they're out there. It's about applying it and communicating it and educating people. There's a lot of companies out there looking at how to do that right now. We need to take what's already being done and, and magnify it and, and uh, empower that information to get all the way down to the people on the ground. And, and the last thing I, I want to uh, touch on with, with respect to the value of short-term rental accommodations. I read on Skiff today that uh, early indications of the short-term rental bookings are coming back faster than hotel bookings, which is incredibly interesting. Yeah. But we're starting to see in the regulatory environment when a, uh, let's say, a governor wants to turn back on uh, not just essential only travel, they're saying hotels can do it, but short-term rentals can't. That is so absurd to me on, uh, actually, no, it's not absurd to me. It's a call to action to me. We need to make sure that we're educating the people who are making those calls on the facts and, and why that might be misguided. And that's what Rent Responsibly is built to do is, you know, I'll plug the survey again. Anybody who's listening, I think this uh, episode is going to come out uh, either tomorrow, today or tomorrow. Um, the, the survey runs until April 28th. And you can always get involved with Rent Responsibly at rentresponsibly.org. So either way, make sure you take that action because we take that information and work uh, very quickly. And this is this is this last piece that I'm trying to get to here is just something that um, that gets me out of bed every morning because it's why I feel it's my why. You know, you hear that all the time, but my why is why was I able to build uh, you know multiple businesses and live out kind of my entrepreneurial dreams through this space. It's because this is an approachable level of hospitality that any human being can get involved with. And if, yeah. if done the right way, it's the most rewarding. And then it's also the most rewarding to the communities we operate in. 100%. Short-term rentals is one of the most powerful economic engines that this country has ever uh, found, specifically in the real estate or hospitality space, because people are able to do it from their own home without, you know, getting into a Marriott corporation, working your way up. And do it. Like you can literally be a part of this ecosystem just by joining your local, if you're a baker, right? Hey, yeah. let's get these travelers into my small, small business bakery, the coffee shops. So the money and the commerce is community-based. It stays in the community. And then ultimately, you know, our homes are expensive and, the, and if we want to open up a bedroom, great. I'm, I recently moved and just put my house on short-term rental market for a while, had a manager, and then I'm going back to it. That, that is a turn on, turn off, accessible yeah. at your fingertips. And we can't let the next people behind us not have the opportunity. So that's, that is critical, excuse me, and that's my why. No, I love that. And I think it comes back to kind of the, the sole mission and purpose of the podcast in general. It's about community. It's about really taking care about people. I have so many stories of guests that I've, I've talked to the same guests I've had for five years. I don't work at the hotel anymore. I haven't worked at the hotel in four years. But you build connections, you build relationships. And then of course, like you just said, the share economy is huge because not only do I have a unique property, but now I have the one local coffee roaster that is able to provide my property with coffee and provide a story. And then also mm -hmm. now when my guests come here, they can ask about the history of the town. And I can say, yeah, this coffee roaster, blah, blah, blah. This person, the, the soap that you're using is from the lady down the street who makes her own mm -hmm. soaps and like has like a family business or does whatever, you know, like it, it builds that sense of community. And that's why 
the good actors I think stand out is because they know the value of community and the value of hospitality and people. And that's why also with what you were saying, action is so huge. And I think when it comes to being a voice for the, the community, for the industry, yes, we're a part of hospitality, but we're definitely a different sector of hospitality. And I definitely agree with everything you just said, but with being a, you know, being a voice, it comes action and getting action is by collecting all this information, getting it down on pen and paper, and then finding out how to organize it and do it into a, a an aspect or a way of, pro, you know, providing this information in an accurate, one streamlined way, and instead of you know multiple different, you know, factors and places and unorganized chaos, um, mm-hmm. that's when things get misinterpreted. That's when things you know get the bad images because it's not being presented right through a streamlined you know, you know, sense of communication in a lot of ways. And so I just, that's why I just love exactly everything you just said is perfect is literally, I think just the beginning the the, um, what they call it, the butterfly effect of mm-hmm. a, a ripple of things that's going to happen from, you know, COVID and beyond, because like I said, yes, it gives us the ability to live the entrepreneurial life and thrive that we've all had i think many people have discovered that through this industry but the like just the change something like this is going to make for the next guy or for the next generation or for Mm -hmm. whoever is to come um is going to be huge and it's going to be key Mm -hmm. so everything you said was was money my friend (laughs) thank you yeah uh i appreciate that um I also realized, like, I, I feel like I've been, like, yelling and, like, you know, just, come on, everybody, let's go. And obviously can't even leave our houses. But um, the, the funny thing is, is, like, I think advocacy is fun because I like people. Yeah. And I think if you have, if you, the, the upper hand on, you know, this political element, it just comes with, like, common sense. Yeah. I mean, the, the elements of short-term rental, like, there, there's this sense to me of, like, what is there not to love? Like what, tell me, show me the problem. We haven't either solved over here on our left hand. You know, I I always, you know, the left hand has the problem. The right hand has the solution. We're literally just bringing one to the other. Yeah. And it's, it's extremely complicated because, you know, nothing is cut and dry and things are fluid and, you know, the concerns of one community to the next, they're not, not going to be apples to apples. Yeah. That said, we're the most entrepreneurial community I've ever seen. And with a big heart, I mean, we're in hospitality, you know, we're not, we're not trading widgets online and not in public. Like I fell in love with this, this uh, community and this operate, you know, operation side. I did my first 70 cleans, my first, um, you know, I was my first cleaner and all that. I, my first guest was a group from um, Mont Blanc, France. Oh, wow. And if I said Mont Blanc to somebody, they'd be like, Oh, the pens, right. You know, Mont Blanc pens. And I said that of course, to this, this traveling group that was in Boston, they were visiting their daughter who was in college over Christmas and they had asked that I get a Christmas tree set up in the apartment so they could have, you know, a, a proper Christmas with their, their daughter. And of course, I was like, really? Is that what this, you know, thing's going to be like? I have to go run errands and like yeah. set up scene, scenescapes for my yeah. travelers. But I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll try it. So I get there and they were like over the moon. 
like just like I can't believe it they're like we're gonna travel this way forever you're yeah. so nice and I'm like it took me five minutes up the street right it takes and, one thing and, and it takes so, one thing like that one thing and it made their day it made their their week and then of course I go to clean up after them when I leave and they have a note with a little um or attached to a gift and I open it and it's Mont Blanc Cologne because they wanted to yeah. just show me that yeah. yes Mont Blanc's a mountain and it's a place both I didn't know necessarily but it's not just a pen we also make cologne and I I still have that cologne and I love you know it's just like these things is like yeah. what other job is going to give you that on like that feeling on a daily basis and and then the people in the space. I mean, I met through Noise Aware and other ways, thousands and thousands of people. And yeah. I'm not the kind of person to like have the solution in the right hand and then see the problem and not just be able to like smash the, smash it and move on to the next next problem. And uh, so, you know, rent responsibly. I think it's our responsibility as stakeholders in this industry to solve these problems. The same way, you know, the Detroit plan became the model that every other city around the world copied. And guess what? America was motor, uh, the, the country that rode the automobile to the heights that we, we still do. And, and in short-term rentals, I mean, I'm not saying that short-term rentals are the new automobile, but I am saying that these are solvable problems and it's up to us. Perfect, dude. I kind of said it better myself. I think that's amazing. So thank you so much for being on the show. Um, just such a huge pleasure. What is the, so let's just go over the thing one more time. Where can people find the survey and when does the survey end? Because I think, you know, this, like I said, this episode will be published pretty quickly. Um, mm -hmm. And so we want to get this out there to as many people as possible. And then of course, where can people find you more information, all that good stuff. Obviously I think this is going to be an episode for the books. So definitely. Thank you. Out the so uh, yeah, here's my infomercial plug. Um, <laughs> But wait, there's more. Now go go to rentresponsibly.org and on the header uh, you'll see take the survey, and it takes four four minutes fifty nine seconds twenty questions. Um, it will give us all the information we need. It will give us an ability uh, if you choose. It's optional with the submit your email, but if you choose to do that, we'll be able to uh, communicate follow up, and then. Um, the uh, survey ends Tuesday, April 28th. Um, so that's a couple days from now and probably four days if this gets released on the 24th. Um, but, you know, set, just, just get it done. Honestly, if you don't yeah. do it right now, you're not going to do it. So And people have nothing but time right now. So Yeah, exactly. No excuses. Exactly. Unless and then if you, hear, if you hear this after, uh, the, after the 28th, go to rentresponsibly.org. We're going to be leveraging this. We have... Uh, really exciting things. I also want to give a shout out to the Vacation Rental Management Association, uh, our partners in this, and our data partner, AirDNA. Heck so yeah. we, we've got the best in the world helping uh, do it and, and, you know, to the top. Let's just solve problems here. Yeah. Amen. And if uh, any listeners have been, you know, listening throughout the Vacation Rental Series, Scott from AirDNA has been on the show. Um, Jeremiah from Breezeway, who is also with the Vacation Rental Management Association. They've all been on the show, so listen to them, hear what they're about. I think it'll be a good lead up to this episode as well. So yeah, thankful for you guys being a part of the community and being part of the show. And David, we will be in contact, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. 
What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.